0: Welcome to Comptia Community Cast. Today's podcast is brought to you by the MSP community. Welcome to Comptia Podcast. Glad to be here today with you. We are talking with Dr. Deanna Spado today. She is a school psychologist and also has a private practice. She focuses on family well being. And we thought it'd be great to bring in some body uh, to help the managed services providers and everybody else out there, quite honestly, uh, with managing kind of our, our new reality for this time. of How do you deal at home? You've got your work pressures. You've got your home pressures now. You're all in the same space. Uh, what can we do to make sure that uh, things go well and smoothly and, uh, and, and healthily for you? So we're excited to, to, to bring Diana in. Dr. Spato, thank you for being here. And with uh, with Deanna, we have our chairman of our executive council for the managed services community. And that is Corey Kirkendall with 5k technology. So Corey, thank you for being here. This was, um, idea that you had brought to the group and, uh, and it, it rang very true with everybody. And, and as I've circulated this idea out there, there's been a lot of, of good, uh, feedback. So thanks, Corey. This is a great idea. Um, and I'd love to have you run with it, let's, uh, let's, let's fire away.
1: Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, Dr. Spato, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing?
0: Good,
2: thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Everything's going as well as it can be given the times.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think all of us are under, are feeling the pressure. So what I wanted to do is, um, being in managed services, what we do is we work with IT problems and deal with situations all day, every day and we've been having a lot of things about how we prepare for loans how we retain our employees and how we keep Mm -hmm. their networks running how we do remote so my question would be is i wanted to kick it off and do something different and talk about more of the mental and physical aspect of what everybody's going through right now right because it's it's really different it's not really a a national disaster but it is a national disaster it's a pandemic but what does that really mean so what I'm really looking for is as we go through this from just a self-healing and personal and family situation, what are some of the things that we can be working on to make sure that we're mentally prepared, physically prepared as we adopt this, this new way of life right now? Sure.
2: Um, I, mean, I think you're absolutely we're right. Um, this is a really interesting experience because it is universal, right? It doesn't discriminate based on income or race or, you know, where in the country or, or world for mat- that matter that you live. Um, the, panden- the pandemic of COVID-19, the coronavirus really affects um, all individuals and, and really affects everyone on a, a deeper, more personal level. So I think that um, you're absolutely right. Um, the emotional side of this is something that may not always be focused on, but I think is a very real and significant um, effect or consequence of of the coronavirus. Um, So I think it's, it's I'm so glad that you guys are talking about um, sort of how we can practice self-care during these times. Um, I have a whole bunch of different skills um, and and strategies that I'd love to share with you guys. Um, I think it's important um, to start just to talk about um, how you know, to begin with, if you are having some mental health, health issues, whether either in yourself or in the people that you're holding up with and quarantining with, how can you recognize, um, you know, that, that something is a little off? So I think that's that's a good place for us to start, um, because if we don't recognize that we need help, we, we can't, you know, put a plan into action to, to help ourselves or our loved ones. Um, so... I think, you know, just to really look look at if any of your, you know, patterns of behavior or, or thoughts are, are off during this time. Are you avoiding um, or withdrawing from situations that you don't normally, that you would normally wouldn't? Are you avoiding, you know, coming into contact or picking up the phone and calling old friends? Are you having a short temper? Are you bickering with with your loved ones more than than usual? Are you finding that you just have a sense of apathy about the whole thing and you're really just not, you know, you don't even have any strong emotional reactions. You're kind of feeling numb. Are you having difficulty sleeping? Are you sleeping too much? Are you feeling easily agitated? All of these symptoms or signs might be a clue that there's something off and that there's something that, you know, you need to sort of dig a little bit deeper and, and figure out, you know, okay what can we do about it so I, I wanted to make sure that we sort of started with with talking about those those signs um as well
1: that's perfect And because you know because we're all in the stress and we're seeing certain things it, it's hard to decipher is that just the stress that we're dealing with or is it actually that we're off so i was glad that you you pulled some of those up you know having difficulty sleeping and you made a very interesting point are you bickering with your spouse or or having mm-hmm. issues with your family members because Typically, in a work-from-home environment, most people work from home by themselves. And there's no right. family. There's no kids at home. There's, the wife is not here, and the dog is wherever he is or she is. And, and right now, we're all together. Kids are having to be at home. We're all self-quarantined. We're in here. So it, it puts a whole different aspect. Can you kind of talk about how we balance that and, and work through that?
2: Sure, absolutely. I think, you know, first and foremost, everyone in the home has to really, like, kind of start from the basics and really take care of your your physiological needs first, right? So you want to be really thoughtful and intentional about how we treat our bodies. So giving ourselves enough sleep, are we eating, you know, three full meals a day? Are we getting outdoors, getting, you know, some vitamin D? Are we, you know, exercising? Because if we aren't meeting those basic needs, then we're not really setting ourselves up to be, you know, our physically or mentally our best selves for the other people in the home that we're sharing. So I wanted to make sure that that was kind of, you know, settled first. But then to your point, I think that to the best of your ability, a routine and structure for yourself as well as your kids is is really, really important. Um, Routines and structures, that's what help us all get through, you know, our weeks and our months and, 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 and all of the, the life challenges that we're juggling. And if we don't have consistency in our weekly routine, especially now during the coronavirus, there can be a lot more room for those negative emotions that I, I mentioned. So, you know, for, for yourself, you know, that's Making sure you get up at uh, you know around the same time every day that you're getting your kids out of bed around the same time every day that you're really sticking to okay we're gonna have our morning routine, and then mom and dad are gonna go in their offices and they're gonna you know do a little bit of their work. You guys can you know have a little bit of maybe some tablet time for the kids or some electronics time because I think that you know while we don't want them on electronics all day it is a you know a matter of we we need to kind of pick our battles and get through the moment so if that's what's going to allow you to get some work done and keep them quiet for a little while that's okay right and then maybe we regroup and then we're more available after getting our work done in the morning to help our, our children with with their schoolwork that they're trying to navigate so really figuring out a structure like i said that works best for your family um I wanted to also just mention that I think, you know, floating on social media, there's a ton of different schedules for parents and and to follow in the home during this time. And those are all great and and great resources, but I don't want anyone to feel like they have to be, you know, the perfect like super mom or super dad during during this time, um, because it's going to be hard and we may not be able to stick to that routine exactly, but just having some idea of how your day is going to lay out is really going to be beneficial for you as well as your your kids that you're that you're at home with
1: And that's 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 valuable information because, you know, working from home there's no shut off button, right? So there's a there's some problem. Right. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so it's right. like, hey, I can work 24 <laughs> hours 7 days a week and and never shut down, which you know, which is definitely lead to a problem and a burnout. But I I love that advice. So get a schedule, make sure you're spending time not only for everybody, but mainly for yourself as well. Right. What I'd like to do is, is, if we drill down into the conversation, and this is big. So, how do you have a conversation with your kids and your family members of what's going on right now? What should that daily conversation. With. I mean, I have a 13-year-old daughter and a, and a right. 17-year-old son and and they're just like, you know, what's up with this coronavirus thing? And and, right. and they're getting kind of mixed messages. I don't understand. I'm healthy, I right. think well. They're healthy. How can we address that? What's what's good information to to assure them as well as yourself um of what's going yeah. on?
2: Yeah. I think that's a really great question because those are inevitable questions and concerns that will come up, especially in kids. Kids are super curious and kids are sponges. They absorb everything that's kind of going on in their environment. so I think the first thing you want to consider is the developmental age of your child. So um, your your kids are a little on the older side, so they can, you know, engage in a little bit more of a deeper level conversation about what's going on, you know, especially your 17-year-old. Um, you know, it's, it's it's quite a different conversation if your five-year-old is asking you, like, you know, mommy, daddy, what's going on with this virus thing? Um I think that you so depending on the age of the child, you want to make sure that you know the information you're providing them is appropriate. So, while you don't want to provide too much information, I think it's important to acknowledge that your your kids have general genuine questions and genuine concerns. Um, so you do want to you know give them the facts, you know as basic as they can be. So for a younger child, that might be something like, you know, there's a, a bad virus going on outside and you know we're able to stay safe and and be you know away from the virus if we stay in our homes and we stay away from other people right now you know there will be a time where we'll be able to go outside and do all the fun things that we want to do but right now it's safer for us to stay inside and these are all the fun things we're going to do while we're inside right so kind of that, that like again that's not a lie right it's, you're not deceiving them but you're not you know sharing everything that like the news outlets might be sharing, you know, on, on TV, if you flipped on, on the TV channel, right? And then I think for older kids, teenagers especially, they might have deeper questions and, and that's okay to, you know, answer those, you know, as you feel comfortable. Again, you really want to strike that balance between giving them the information that they need to make safe choices, but not feeding them too much to the point where it's going to feed this this catastrophic type of thinking that will lead to more anxiety and more worry if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. You know, you're right. Kids are very curious and and they ask a lot of questions. So, let's let's I want to ask a question as far as us as MSPs, we have customers who has customers. And right now, I mm-hmm. believe there's a lot of anxiety from an from a MSP to call their customer to talk about how's it going, what's going on hey, uh, are you doing okay? When am I going to get paid? Right. Or if I'm going to get paid, those kind of conversations. So right, right. people tend to avoid, right? How can right. you prepare or, or what's the best way to, uh, to address those things?
2: Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good question. That's a difficult question, something that I'm actually, you know, dealing with in my line of work as well. I think I love how you, you know, started off, you know, in your example. I think that validating and, and really joining with, you know, your client um, that you're both kind of having similar experiences. It's a weird thing I talked about, you know, when we first started that we are all like going through the same like weird, like kind of freaky thing. Um, And so we can all empathize with, with each other on that front. So really, you know, those words, like I'm dealing with it too. How are you doing? I don't think you know we ask people enough how they're doing, um, and I think that you know how are you feeling is is such an impactful you know way to start off a conversation because it really kind of reduces any you know barriers or any defenses that people might have, and really kind of joins you guys as you know two human beings who are dealing with a, a really you know crisis situation. So so asking how how they feel. Um, You know, and I think that it's okay to to put expectations out there, but you might need to be a little bit more flexible in terms of, you know, timelines for things or, 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 you know, deadlines or, you know, getting paid, those sorts of things. Um, You might have to, you know, just because as you can see, a lot of businesses are being more flexible or lenient with some of their policies during this time. But I I don't think it's a necessarily, you know, abandon all of your, you know, expectations, but you might need to just be a little bit more flexible, just given what everyone is going through. Um, So I hope that answers your question.
1: No, it definitely, definitely does, because, you know, our customers are our lifeline and their customers, their lifeline. So we definitely can see some things that are are definitely gonna come our way and and, and be as best prepared as we possibly can. But just wanna make sure, you know, we're all anxious, all in the very same place. And you know how do we make that as as easy as a conversation as we can? But I, I believe the main thing is you got to be having those conversations.
2: I agree. And, yeah, and, I wouldn't yeah. avoid or shy away from from them at all. You know because that's going to just kind of fuel the this secrecy and this anxiety. And and really, you just want to be transparent with one another. I think that's right. kind of the big takeaway, right?
1: So, it, it, as business owners as well as a father and a husband and those type of things. I mean, uh-huh. there's so much going on right now. I, I believe if I see another COVID-19 <laughs> response in my email box, that I think my email itself is going to get up and run away because it's just overwhelming. Yeah. And so yep. in, in a way, I've kind of become desensitized to it and, and really not paying attention to whatever it is. I mean, can you give some guidance on you know how can we handle all the information that's coming to us how should we be treating that information and, and so sure. that we don't get overwhelmed
2: Right yeah I think we are right now all experiencing information overload and I think your um, point about being desensitized to it is really interesting cuz I think there's almost sort of like two types of people um, those of us who become desensitized to it, it kind of doesn't really affect us what, what comes on, you know, CNN or, or the news, you know, when we, when we turn our TV on or what messages pop up in our inbox. And then there are those who, you know, whenever those, those messages or those pop-ups do come up, it is almost like a trigger, trigger, right? And it, it exacerbates and it increases anxiety, you know, exponentially in the moment. Um, so I think, again, it's about finding balance, you know, I I really do think you want to lo- limit your news consumption during this time, you know, especially if you are an anxious or a worrisome person to begin with. Um, really kind of looking, seeing what the media is putting out there, it really can lead to to more triggering or catastrophic thoughts. So you want to be informed, but you don't want to overindulge, right? So. That also being said, you don't want to wrap yourself kind of in in bubble wrap and totally seclude yourself from what's going on in the outside world. So, you know, like the World Health Organization or the CDC, those are really the most reputable sources and have the most objective material where you can gain information and data about what's going on. I would really otherwise try to limit um, your consumption of media regarding the coronavirus, um, you know, from, from other menus or formats. Um, yeah, it's, it's really about striking that
1: balance. <laughs> wow, That's, that's <laughs> funny. So, so what, what we're seeing now, I remember before this, right, um, people had um, apprehensions about letting their employees work from home because, you know, hey, I don't think I could survive as a business to do that. I'm not really right. good on video conferencing because, you know, I just think that's so impersonal and not. Well, now that is our norm, right? Yeah. And, and it's it shifted us into a, a different place. So when it comes to all of this very non-personal, if I'm going to touchy-feely for non-personal stuff, like I'm on a video conferencing call, I don't get to see my boss every day, um, it can make you feel very anxious and uncomfortable that, is it, (laughs) am I going to have a job or something else going on? What can we as employers or as MSPs do to comfort our employees during this time? Right.
2: I mean, I I think that's really, really hard. I've seen, you know, some companies who have um, given their employees kind of like just a sense of reassurance or security of what they of what they know to be true. So like, you know we will you know your job will be covered you know at least until this date you know that that gives some 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 layer of security if that's if you're not able to kind of give that you know exact information i think you know having you know resources available so even like podcasts like these you know things like that really help and show that as employers that you're really valuing the needs of your employees during this time and that you're acknowledging that this is difficult for them. And yeah, I think that, you know, whether or not I'm going to have a job, you know, in a few months is, is a big question going through a lot of people's minds. And In all honesty, we don't know, right, because that's, that's the whole thing about this experience. There's so much uncertainty around when it will last, you know, when it will peak, how long this will go around, go on for, will jobs, you know, will people continue to lose their jobs? What will happen to the economy? And quite frankly, we don't know the answers to those. So that is understandable why that would, you know, if it heightened anxiety of, of employees, you know, in those situations. So, you know, be, being there for them as much as you can, showing them that you do value them and, and value, you know, what they're going through, and anything that you can give them to reassure them, I think is, is going to be really, really helpful, you know, during these times, because it will, you know, reduce some, some anxiety that they might have, you know, around the status of their job, if you do know that you're going to be able to keep them on.
1: That's 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 awesome because I I think that's key and one of the things we've done is that we we've made it you know we're very strict and actually been a lot better at it of having our daily huddle and our daily meeting every day same yeah. time every day to really go through that and, and I think the team really appreciates that to see see guidance and we're constantly reassuring them on where we are with the customers what we're seeing right. out there but but also letting them know because they're front line that they are also responsible for that care and feeding to the customer as well. So, don't just solve their problem. Ask them how they're doing. Is everything okay? Right. Um, doing right. that same exactly. thing back. So they all have become ambassadors for our company.
2: Exactly. And that's kind of
1: what we've kind of kind of given them that label, and they, they've enjoyed it. <laughs> they risen. They've they've risen to the challenge.
2: Yeah, and I've seen like some, some really, you know, fun things also that companies have been doing, um, you know, because you also you want to another, you know, strategy to, to get through this time is you want to build in opportunities for pleasure or joy during the day. So I've, you know, heard of companies doing like virtual happy hours, you know things like that um, that really kind of corral you know the troops and and get everyone sort of on the same page an opportunity for people to unwind similar to how you might have a happy hour you know on a friday after a long you know week of work with your colleagues so so really kind of using those virtual platforms you know to you know, improve, you know, address, I guess, like the, the social isolation piece of this. I don't love how they call it social distancing. I wish they would just call it physical distancing, um, because you don't really want to socially distance, right? You want to keep those conversations going, that, that line of communication going, you know, from six feet away, but you, you don't want to, you know, dismiss, like, all of those opportunities for social gatherings.
1: Nah, that's 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 awesome. Yeah, we we're getting really creative on how we spend time, And I think it's, it's definitely uh pushing the envelope as far as creativity <laughs> uh with how we engage and stay engaged and and it's, and it's becoming, you know, pretty cool to to see where everybody is and and just have totally. that for us. I think it's awesome. So so one of the yeah. things that that's very different um that we see a lot of especially in this time is 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 this our new norm right we've, we've never mm-hmm. been in this situation I, I was talking to my wife the other day and i was like you know it seemed like i'm I'm part of the three worst pandemic movies and horror movies ever and i wish i could mm-hmm. just press pause and it just goes away mm-hmm. but i'm mm-hmm. <laughs> most people i know have never experienced anything like this you know it, it's pretty it's pretty crazy because i'm like man right. I'm like, what did we do and and right. and always people say well i can't wait till everything gets back to normal but I, I don't believe we're going right. to go back to normal um, right right kind of what's your what's your take on what are you seeing and how do we prepare for that unknown and and keep an open mind from that perspective what are some of the things that you can give us to to make sure that we're ahead of it or or thinking in the right direction
2: sure yeah i mean i think that you're absolutely right i i think things will change you know moving forward But change, remember, is not always a bad thing, right? And I think that this is a time where that, you know, we have never experienced anything quite like this. And I think, you know, one of the things that I'm really finding myself, you know, practicing a lot of these days is. Can I find the silver lining in all of this? Like, what is, what are the, the positives that are going to come out of this? Can I make, you know, lemonade out of the lemons that I'm given? So, you know, for me, you know, it's I've been able to spend a lot more time with, with loved ones that I'm quarantining with um, that I may not necessarily have gotten, you know, had this never have happened. So for me, that's a silver lining, right? And I think that that's going to propel those personal relationships forward. I think, you know, for a lot of people, I know, you know, my fiance, for example, loves working from home. And I think that he, you know, he's able to now show his boss, hey, like, this actually does work. Like, look how productive I actually can be, you know, working from home. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that, you know, um, opportunities for that um, moving forward. How can we use technology in a way that we where we can increase our productivity you know moving forward to be honest with you i didn't even know what zoom was before you know all of this this started so you know now i've learned kind of like a new skill set that that will help me you know moving forward so i hope that answers your question um i think that really we have to you know i think it's the lens that we choose to look at this with right so so we can look at it as if we're living kind of a horror story and, and in some ways it, it, feels like that at times. And I don't want to, you know, negate um, or invalidate any of those feelings because this, this is a hard time. But I think if we change our perspective a little bit about how we view kind of this curveball that life has thrown at us, how can we use that to improve our lives when we, when we do get through this, because we will get through this, right? There will be a point where we will be able to resume some level of normalcy. Although I would argue that life is never normal, right? There's always something kind of thrown in the mix. Um, But what can we use from what we learned about this experience after, you know, the dust sort of settles?
1: You know, you you hit the nail on the head, making lemons out of lemonade. You may make lemonade (laughs) out of lemons. I'm sorry, I got that backwards. But you're 100%. So so one of the things that, you know, we've done is, is really use this as time to work on the things that we were too busy to do and things that we put off. So spending time on our processes and procedures, spending time on our resource guide, planning, planning and on our operations and working on those things that we, we never got to. And we're actually getting a, a lot of that done so that we'll be in a better place and better prepared on the other side. And so Hold on. <laughs> you, you're right. <laughs> Using this time to reflect back and spend time with loved ones and, and catch up is, is is been really cool. Um, and and I, I definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. I, I love it. So I, I want to go back to us as entrepreneurs and, and MSPs and, and, and the technical folks who, who decided to go down this path. Even mm-hmm. when this is not going on, our job is stressful. I'd love sure. to understand from you just some techniques, some things that, that you hear. A few years ago, I suffer for, from headaches a lot, and
2: mm-hmm. I, I
1: learned to do mindfulness, and I use an app called sure. Calm, which is amazing. Sure. <laughs> it's it's my own personal timeout right and it forces yeah. me to go do that what what are yeah. some resources just for us and it, even as a as a changing of the way we do how do we leverage that going forward uh some resources out there to to help our lives be better to help in these stressful situations to help make sure that we stay on the right path and and things are not out of out of sorts
2: yeah i'm i'm so glad you mentioned that um so yeah, meditation and mindfulness—they're kind of like these huge, you know, n- new sort of you know buzzwords that are are going all around. And in, in the psych world, you know, my world, these have th- these have been around for a while. But I'm so happy to see that they have you know made their way into different industries, into the tech world or the business world or even into education. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned them. Um, really, what mindfulness is at its core is it's teaching us to pay attention, you know, in the moment, on purpose, you know, to not necessarily join with our negative thoughts or feelings, to really kind of just simply watch them, you know, Float on by and, and not necessarily wrestle or grapple with them in a way that creates tension or, or discomfort. So mindfulness exercises. Mindfulness is a practice, right? It's not like you do one sort of mindfulness, you know, video and, and you're an expert, right? It takes a while. It's almost like a muscle in your brain that you're trying to build. So the Calm app is a great one. Another great one that I love is Headspace. Um, and both of these apps, I believe, have released some free resources um, to consumers during the, this, these times. So if you kind of go onto their webpage, you might see sort of in their coronavirus or COVID-19 section that they have different mindfulness activities, breathing exercises, you know, yoga routines um, for adults as well as kids. So that's also a really good opportunity to kind of like teach these strategies to your children and do them with them. Um, it, it really, you know, it's, it's giving you that time out for yourself because as a parent or as an adult, you know, trying to work on, you know, all the stress of your job, but maintain, you know, also cooking dinner and, and making sure that your kid is doing his or her schoolwork, it can really bring you out. So giving yourself a little bit of alone time to, you know, either practice a meditation or, you know, even just go and, and take a walk by yourself, right? If you, you know, live, you know, on a nice block, just going, taking a lap around the block and, and just really using your five senses to just really notice the smells, the sights, the sounds around you um, and not get bogged down in, in all of the stressful thoughts almost as a relief. So I, I love that. I, I, I would definitely, you know, encourage that.
1: Yeah, I, I love it. I, I mean, I, I don't go a day without it, and, and it has definitely changed my life on what we're able to do. You know, so a lot of people, you know, we talk about going to get help. We're looking out to get help for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Most people won't think of uh, talking to a psychiatrist or a psychologist mm-hmm. on help uh, because mm-hmm. it makes them, maybe it's a sign of, hey, a weakness or however I want to do it. But I've learned that, you know, it's okay because you do need help. And, and think about yeah. things from a different way. So when it comes to that, you know, what are some, a lot of, a lot of programs have like EAP programs, employee assistance programs and things right. like that. Mm-hmm. What are some good ways to get yourself plugged in but also offer this out to your loved ones as well as employees to, to make sure they're seeking help and, and be able sure. to, to get through this process?
2: Sure. You know, I think I think reducing the stigma around getting help is, is, is super important. I think we've already started to do that. I think that this, this um, you know, pandemic has also given you know, reduced the stigma because it is, like I said, a universal experience that we're all dealing with. So, you know, there's there's tons of resources online. Like I'll link a few for you guys um, you know, after this of of different websites, um, for parents, different websites for employers, um, of just again, more strategies that you can use. Um, I also think it is worth, you know, looking into, you know, any therapists that are like, you know, that accept your insurance or that you can, you know, go see through these EAP programs. Um, and, you know, a lot of us are doing telehealth now and virtual, you know, sort of sessions. Um, so, so there definitely is a lot of availability out there. Um, and I would say take advantage of it because, it's, it's one thing, you know, to feel like, okay, I've, I've got, got you know, I'm, I'm able to manage all of this, but but once your mind starts going, you know, nonstop and those thoughts continue to to swirl, you know, in your head day after day after day, and you're finding that a lot of those warning signs I, I talked about at the beginning of the podcast are happening, like you're snapping at your loved ones. I think those are indicators that, that you should, you know, go and look for some support, Um there is a website, it's called psychologytoday.com and you can just put in your zip code, you can put in um, your insurance, you can put in you know, if you have a preference for a male or a female therapist and it will show you, you know, a ton of therapists who are in your area. Um, and you, know, you can ask them, are you offering you know, virtual mental health during this time you know, as, as you're consulting and trying to find a good match for you? So, I, I would definitely, you know, encourage that, um, definitely.
1: That's that's awesome. But, you know, having access to resources and knowing where it is, right, is, is, is really key. So, right. as you go down this path, and, you know, and, and, and you access these resources and you're reading these things and, and you see where it is, um, pretty, you know, definitely reach out, I think, you know, reaching out to somebody, having that initial conversation and, and most, when you do that, you know, most, Psychiatrists, psychologists, how do they mm-hmm. offer their sessions, and, and how does that look like from a financial perspective? Is it their first consultation free, and, and then they just want to kind of hear, or they mostly suggest insurance? Can you give me an idea of how your colleagues and yourself sure. work and accept patients? Yeah, so,
2: um, you know, some of us uh, are private pay right so are out of network um and and you know but but do offer kind of a receipt after each session that you can submit on your own to your insurance companies while a host of others do accept um different insurance plans so there are both Um, and then you you kind of want to you know schedule an initial consultation call with any new families that I'm working with, I'll I'll have about a 15 or 20 minute call just to get to know them and talk about who I am as a clinician and and whether my, you know, services would be a good match um, for their needs. So that's that's really important. Um, A type of therapy that I practice um, that I, you know, I'm a big proponent of is called cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT for short. And, and what CBT is, it's there's a very action-oriented type of therapy. So it's really looking at the connection between our thoughts, our feelings, and our behaviors and actions, and what happens when we have maladaptive patterns of thinking and how that can affect our feelings and emotions as well as our behaviors, right? So I, you know, I'm a big proponent of CBT It's what I practice. Um, that's always a good thing to ask, you know, a clinician, what is your style of therapy? You know, what? theoretical sort of um, basis do you operate from? Um, you know, you wanna you wanna find someone who who is is, you know, operating from a, a pretty, you know, strong foundation of knowledge, right? That they're, that the therapy that they practice is based in some sort of theory. Um, so for me it's CBT, like I mentioned. Um, so those are some questions that you might want to ask as well. Are you still with me, Corey?
1: Yes. Appreciate that. That is is awesome. I mean, that is invaluable information. And and I really appreciate your time today and and being able to spend some time talking about an issue that you're not hearing a lot about right now, but I definitely believe it's top of mind for a lot. And um, being able to offer some some great insight to to CompTIA and the managed service provider and and all of our, our members has just been amazing. And and I thank you for your time today.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I had fun.
0: <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks both to Corey and Deanna for your time today. I just wanna just put a little plug in for everybody. Um if you uh, enjoyed this. I hope you did. There's some great stuff. We, we will have some resource links right below in the description. You can find some extra content there. Um, please do sign up for the community roster. You'll get uh, continued updates and things like that from pountia around resources to help uh, your organization grow, growth strategies, as well as personal uh, growth and, and, and Carol as such as today. So um, again, thank you. Um, everybody have a fine day out there and we'll talk again soon. To hear podcasts from all of CompTIA's membership communities, you can download the mobile app or listen in on the website at compTIA.org communities.